0: I'm sure we all desire to say that we are blessed, that our lives are blessed, and that our family is blessed. But what does it mean to be blessed? What does it mean to say that you or your life is blessed? And what does a blessed life look like? Pastor George started our Tight Lines series last week, and his first message was titled, Blessed is Best. And I'd like to title this message today, The Blessed Life. But what exactly does that mean? I'm sure we might all agree that blessed is best and we would like to live the blessed life. But if we had to ask, what exactly do we mean? um, We might come up with a load of various answers. Blessing is one of those Christianese words we often use. But if I had to ask you, what do you mean? Might have... Uh, different meanings to one another. You see, we say a blessing over our children, but then we also say a blessing over our food. And we surely can't mean the same thing when we bless our food compared to blessing our children. We say, bless you when someone sneezes, and we say, bless you as a farewell greeting. We say, someone is blessed with an ability in something. Our worship team is blessed with the ability to sing and make music to the Lord. But we also say someone is blessed with lovely hair and a nice home. We sing, the Lord bless you and keep you. Well, you sing, the Lord bless you, and I cry through the Lord bless you. (laughs) Don't laugh too loud me. I've seen through tear-soaked eyes that there are many other tears, and often it is just the angels singing as we all uh, cry. We say that we're praying God's blessing over a situation. And when somebody receives a positive outcome, we say, oh, the Lord has blessed you with a favourable outcome. And sometimes we just use blessing in general to say that things are going well. I will say that I am blessed because, well, (sighs) I'm not certain if I've mentioned it before, but I recently got married (laughs) Shout out to my wife, shame. Some, it's one of the kids and Young Guns had a fall now, and she's gone out to play doctor outside. Um, who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor and a blessing from the Lord. I will say that I am blessed with a beautiful wife, blessed to be able to run on the beachfront, blessed to live in a beautiful country, blessed to have a wonderful family, blessed to be part of this church family, blessed with health and with opportunity. All these things we use to describe blessing. So if blessed is best and we all desire to be blessed, what exactly does it mean to be blessed? And how do we access this blessing? As much as we use the word blessing to describe all these things I've just mentioned, blessing in the Bible is a little bit more specific. The story of the Bible begins with God bringing life out of darkness and ordering our beautiful world, and then blessing all the creatures. The first blessing in Scripture is when God creates animals, and He blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the land. So God's blessing has to do with flourishing and multiplication of life. It's when God shares His life-producing ability with others. After this, God gives humans an additional blessing. Um, excuse me, can I just have a sip of water? <laughs> Thank you, amen. Thank you, be blessed, amen. So after God blesses the animals, God gives humans an additional blessing that sets us apart from the animals. Not only are we one of God's creatures who can create life in God's uh, like God, but we've also been a Pointed as God's representative image to rule over and oversee this world that God has created. We are to oversee the flourishing world on God's behalf. So part of our blessing is to take care of God's blessing for others. And God wants us to do this while trusting in his wisdom, the blessed way, to eat from the tree of blessing. That is, the tree of God's own eternal life. But of course, there is another tree. And this other tree represents the decision to try and seize blessing and life on our own terms and by our own wisdom. And humanity is deceived into eating from this tree, thinking it's a shortcut to blessing. But instead of blessing, it brings a curse, Now before you start thinking Harry Potter and magic spells, um, the curse in the Bible is when God hands people over to the consequences of seizing our own blessing on our own terms. It's a curse because instead of the abundance and life of God, we go our own way apart from God and end up with scarcity and isolation and death. So when by our actions we curse the ground, which God provides. Instead of fruitfulness, we find famine. Instead of partnering with God, we choose to be our own masters. Instead of caring for God's good world on His behalf, we want to conquer the world with violence. And instead of bringing life out of labor, we have to work the land with sweat and with toil. So if God's blessing has now been countered with a curse, how can we flourish and even further How can we rule with God? Well, God also pronounced the consequence on that deceptive creature that fooled the humans, saying that a human will come one day to destroy it. And so God, in order to fulfill this, chooses one couple, Abraham and Sarah. And God blesses them and says to them that they will become a huge family. Be fruitful and multiply. And God says that his blessing on Abraham and his family is for the larger purpose. So that through them, all nations on earth will receive God's blessing once again. So God's plan is to reverse the curse and restore the blessing by first blessing this one family. And this family does experience God's blessing. We know the story of the Bible. Even when the journey gets tough and they go through scarcity, the nation of Israel grows into a big Family. And God brings them to a mountain and invites them to be His representatives, just like Adam and Eve were on a mountain, invited to be God's representatives. God will bless Israel so that they can become a blessing to all the nations, the reiteration of Adam and Eve's blessing. All they have to do, just like Adam and Eve, is to trust and live by God's wisdom. And they're told that this is a choice between life and death between blessing and curse. But just like Adam and Eve, the Israelites go their own way and they almost never trust God for his blessing. Their story is filled with tales of deception and violent grabs for power, not to mention the sex scandals, resulting in the ultimate curse, exile from their land and slavery to foreign nations, just as Adam and Eve were exiled from their land, the garden. But Israel's prophets, who lived through all of this, they still trusted in God's promise to Abraham. They anticipated a future Israelite who would come to restore God's blessing, to reverse the curse for Israel and for all the nations. And so when we turn to the story of Jesus, we find Israel still experiencing the curse, still oppressed in slavery to the Romans. And Jesus is born in a world of scarcity where men and women and families and nations are at war with each other. But Jesus so trusted in God's blessing, he claimed that it was arriving in a new way, in himself. He wanted his followers to trust in God's wisdom, to share God's abundant life and to be generous. And Jesus even taught his followers to bless those who cursed them. And Jesus would even reverse the curse by restoring health to those in need. God's blessing was being restored in Jesus. Jesus also confronted his fellow Israelites who were in power, and he accused them of getting in the way of God, using them to bless Israel and all nations. Those leaders arrested Jesus so they could have him killed. And instead of fighting back, Jesus believed that he was the chosen Israelite who would face the curse that Israel and all humanity had brought upon themselves. And he would allow the curse to fall on him. And so, as Scripture says, Jesus died the shameful death of a man under the curse. But just as God brought life out of darkness in the beginning, so here, through Jesus, God reverses death by raising Jesus. The curse is put to death. The serpent is crushed so that the blessing of God can be restored to all the world through Jesus. Uh, Thank you. After his resurrection, Jesus blessed his followers and he said that his presence would be with them as they learn to trust in God's blessing and to share it with others. And while death and the curse still have a hold in some way over our earth, us as followers of Jesus trust the power of God's blessing, that it is even stronger. It means we can live with extreme, extreme love and generosity even when it seems like there's not enough. And that leads us to the conclusion of the biblical story, which is really a new beginning where every nation is enjoying the gift of God's blessing. Because in God's kingdom that is sustained by the life-giving power of Jesus, the curse has been reversed and the blessing of God has been restored. What it means to be blessed is that we have access to God's life-giving power in the person of Jesus. A blessed life is found rooted in Jesus as our source of life and trusting in God as our source of wisdom. The ultimate blessing of life is to know Jesus and to be known by Him. This is what it means to be blessed. That is what it is to have a blessed life. God has blessed us in Jesus, and God invites us to accept and to receive this blessing. The life-giving presence of Jesus Christ. And then we are invited to live it out and to share it with others. A blessed, blessed life is ultimately found in a lifetime with Jesus. Or as the psalmist said, One thing I have asked of the Lord, this only do I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord in His presence all the days of my life. That I may gaze upon His beauty and seek Him in His temple. Adam and Eve showed us that even when we have access to God's blessing, we can be deceived into trying to find a shortcut to blessing. When really, blessing comes from the source of life, the Lord. And our true blessing is in the presence of God the Lord and entrusting his wisdom and in his ways. Trying to do things in our own wisdom and our own ways only derails our lives into destruction, just like Adam and Eve, just like the Israelites. The blessed life is found in God's presence and God's patterns, trusting in God and following his wisdom and his ways. His ways lead to life and life in all its fullness. Psalm 1 This psalm describes the blessed life like a tree planted in the right place, producing fruit that lasts and prospering in all that they do. The imagery is very similar to the imagery of the tree in the garden. I started by saying that I'm sure every person here would like to be able to say that they are blessed and that their life is blessed. So if Blessing is in Jesus. How do we call our lives blessed? And how are we to be like this tree that is considered blessed? I'd like to give us three practical applications for us to be like this tree, to live the blessed life, to follow the path of righteousness that leads to life and life in all its fullness. So firstly, we need to plant our lives in Jesus Psalm one I've just read says, Blessed is the one who is like a tree planted by streams of water. Living in a drought ravaged region like the Eastern Cape of South Africa, we know how important it is to have a constant source of water. Some of us have gone without water in our homes, our farmers have battled to find water for their animals and for their crops. I think of those joining us in Uteneg, the beautiful garden town whose gardens are crying out for a source of water. We all require a constant stream of life-giving water to be able to flourish as humans and to live out the blessed life. I said that the blessed life is ultimately found in the presence of Jesus. And Scripture describes Jesus as the source of the life-giving water that flows out From God. Jesus said, Anyone who comes to me and drinks of me will never thirst again, and invited us all to him by saying, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from him. Jesus is inviting us to plant our lives in his, to take root in his life giving presence. What does this practically look like? Jeremiah 17 tells us. It says, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The the invitation here to this blessed life is to trust in the Lord, to place our confidence in Him. To be like this tree that does not fear the heat, whose leaves are always green, who has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit, is to trust in the Lord and to place our confidence in Him. Planting our confidence in Jesus is the first step to the blessed life. Planting our trust in God's ways and God's wisdom instead of our own leads us towards a blessed life, to be like the tree who is planted by streams of life-giving water. How do we put our trust and our confidence in the Lord? Going back to Psalm 1, it tells us that blessed is the one who delights in the law of the Lord, who meditates on it day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Scripture is telling us that we are blessed when we delight in the law of the Lord, when we meditate on it day and night. That is how we build our trust in God and our confidence in Him. Meditating on God's law day and night requires sacrifice. But when we value something, we willingly sacrifice for it. I ascribe great value to my marriage and to my wife, so I willingly sacrifice for it. I ascribe great value to my relationship with Jesus, so I willingly sacrifice for it, be it in time or financial resource. When we delight ourselves in God's Word, we ascribe great value to it. And when we ascribe great value to something, we willingly sacrifice for it. Value is determined by sacrifice. So if you want to know how much you value something or someone, determine how much you're willing to sacrifice for that thing or that person. It is the willing sacrifice because of the value ascribed that allows us to embrace and commit to the often inconvenient and sacrificial way that is called blessed. This is how we grow our trust in God and build our confidence in Him so that we are called blessed. We meditate on God's Word because we value it. And in so doing, we build our trust and confidence in God. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus invites us to set our hearts on treasures that have eternal value, to delight in the things of God, and then to live out our lives, making the sacrifices necessary to, li- to be called blessed. Scripture tells us, that this is how Jesus lived. Hebrews 12 verse 2 tells us, For the joy set before him, Christ endured the cross. Jesus set his value on that which had eternal value in heaven. And so he was willing to sacrifice himself for that. Our key verse for this tight line series has been in Colossians 1 verse 5 from the message. It's not on the screen, but I have it here. It says, The lines of purpose in your lines, in your lives rather, never grow slack tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven, kept taught by hope. We set our value on that which is anchored in heaven and carries eternal value. And that will determine our willingness to embrace the sacrifices necessary to live out the blessed life, the narrow way that leads to the wisdom of God that leads to life and life in all its fullness, the blessed life. These sacrifices we offer willingly, with gratitude, not with grumbling or groaning. For when we delight ourselves in the law of the Lord, then Scripture says we are blessed. Then we are like a tree planted by streams of living water. Isaiah chapter 61, which is the chapter Jesus read when he announced his public ministry, concludes by saying that those who trust in the Lord are like oaks of righteousness a planting for the display of the Lord's splendor. When we plant our lives in the Lord, we are nourished by His life-giving water, able to bear fruit in all seasons, and our lives planted in the Lord become a display of His splendor. Then we are truly considered blessed, how blessed it is to be a display of the Lord's splendor. This is confirmed by the words of Jesus in John 15. He said, This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Our invitation to the blessed life is first and foremost an invitation to plant our lives in the life giving presence of Jesus. Planting is immediate, but growing into a tree that bears fruit and offers shade to others and healing in its leaves, that takes time and patience and work. And so this leads us into the second practical application, to live the blessed life. The second thing we need to do to live out the blessed life is to partner ourselves with Jesus. God's blessing to humanity in the Garden of Eden has both a blessing from God and an action from us. The invitation to act in response to God's blessing is an invitation from God to us to partner with Him. Partnering with God in overseeing His good world and all of creation is part of the blessed life. This is the blessing God speaks over humanity in Genesis 1. It said, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Being fruitful, multiplying, subduing, and ruling involves action on our part. We know that there is more than one way of doing this, but that one way leads to destruction, but the better way, the blessed way, leads to life. I mentioned just now that we can immediately make the decision to plant our lives in Jesus, but that being fruitful and increasing and subduing and ruling takes time, patience, and work. It is the work I want to focus on, the action and attention required to be fruitful. We can admire God's ways and God's wisdom, but admiration for the ways and wisdom of God should not lead to abdication of the responsibilities which God gives us. Admiration for the ways and wisdom of God should not lead to apathy because we see things around us that are not done God's way. Instead, admiration for the ways and the wisdom of God should lead to action and attention on our part. The key text for this series I just read mentions that the lines of purpose in our lives never go slack, tightly tied to our future in heaven. The vision for the future God has given us gives us a purpose. It provides purpose. And purpose should develop within us a call to action. Who we partner with and how we act is what determines whether we are living in a blessed life. Someone tells us who we are to walk with, stand with, and sit with, that these things matter. It tells us that we're blessed if we do not Walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the place of sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Acting in autonomy apart from God, or acting in accompaniment with people opposed to God, is futile, but acting in association with God is fruitful. Jesus said in John 15, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself, it must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The blessed life is lived in partnering with the life-giving presence of Jesus in order that we might bear much fruit. And the bearing of fruit leads us into the final practical application to live out a blessed life, and that is to prosper others through Jesus. Psalm 1 told us that blessed is the one who is like a tree planted by streams of living water. Whatever they do, prospers. Having our lives planted in Jesus and partnered with Jesus has a reward to it. There is something to be gained from living the blessed life. Blessed is best. What a life prospering under God's blessing looks like is fruitfulness that benefits others. John, Jesus went on to say in John 15, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Our fruitfulness and flourishing as humanity... Right from God's initial blessing in Genesis 1, through Abraham and Sarah's blessing in Genesis 12, through the blessing to Israel, through the blessing that came in Jesus, through the blessing to us today, right through the blessing in the book of Revelation, God's blessing of us is always for the benefit of others. Abraham, I will bless you so that all nations will be blessed through you. The blessed life looks like living for the benefit of others and finding that the reward is both immeasurable and immortal. Unlike the cost and sacrifice required to live the blessed life, the reward of the blessed life carries a value that is beyond measure and is everlasting. Ezekiel 47. Wow, thank you. There's a clap there. Streams of living water I needed. Thank you. Ezekiel 47, my last... uh, uh, verse about trees. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river, the river that flows from the temple of God, referring to us. The leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit, because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food, and their leaves for healing. Trees do not eat their own fruit, nor do they stand. In their own shade. These trees described in Ezekiel's vision are a picture of us who are fruitful and healthy for the benefit of others. Living the blessed life, planting ourselves in the life giving presence of Jesus, becoming oaks of righteousness planted as a display of the Lord's splendor, partnering with Jesus to bear fruit, has the great reward of a blessing and prosperous life. And what true biblical blessing looks like, what prospering actually is, unlike the prosperity gospel, is to bear much fruit so that others may taste and see that the Lord is good. Something greater grows when we give. It truly is more blessed to give than it is to receive. Even the famous passage in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 that everybody can quote, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you hope and a future is preceded earlier in that passage by God saying seek the peace and the prosperity of the place I have sent you in exile pray for it for it if for if it prospers you too will prosper seeking the prosperity of the places we live and the people around us is a theme throughout scripture the reward of living the blessed life, the prosperous life of blessing in the Lord, is to be a blessing to others. That's why we've dedicated the month of October to Love Your City. We're blessed to be a blessing to those around us. Us as a church, living out the blessing of God is to be a blessing to others. Our living out the blessing of God is to bear much fruit so that others may taste and see that the Lord is good. This morning as we close, may we know that we are blessed. May our confidence be that God has given us every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. The blessing of God is here, right here and now through the personal life-giving presence of Jesus. May our response to God's blessing be to plant ourselves in Jesus, to take root in Him committing to the often sacrificial way of following Jesus, the narrow path that leads to blessing because it is worth the reward. All this so that we may be a planting for the display of the Lord's splendor. May we take up our partnership with Jesus so that we may bear much fruit through him and through his blessing on us. And may we remain in Christ In order to live out God's blessing that prospers others so that they too may taste and see that the Lord is good. In a world searching for happiness and fulfillment, searching for true blessing, Jesus has come to restore God's blessing. We are called to be a blessing to God's world. So may we receive God's blessing in the personal life-giving presence of Jesus and may we carry it out into the world to be a blessing to others. What does it mean to be blessed? What does a blessed life look like? To be blessed and to live out the blessed life is to eat from the tree of life that is Jesus Christ. To plant yourself in the life-giving presence of God that is in Jesus. And once connected to the source of blessing, to partner with God in the purpose for which He has placed you here for. That partnership has blessing from God's side and action from ours. The blessing of our partnership is so that we would bear much fruit, the reward of which is for the glory of God to be a display of His splendor and to share God's blessing with others, to bear fruit others may eat, so that all the world may taste and see that the Lord is good. If you're able to, we please stand with me as we close in prayer? As we do close, I'd like to remind uh, those of us here in North End and in Utenay that there is a ministry team up front available to pray for you after the service. It's communion up front, a welcome lounge for guests, and coffee and snacks available for everybody else outside. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your love for all of your creation, all of your children, that you have sought to restore your blessing upon all nations, Thank you, Jesus, that you came to restore God's blessing, to reverse the curse, to take it upon yourself, so that all of us may stand and declare that we are blessed of God. Thank you for an open open invitation to eat of the tree of life, the blessing of the presence of God in our lives. Thank you for an invitation to partner with you and that you graciously uplift us through this partnership so that through you we would bear much fruit, so that all the world may taste and see that you are good. And so we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen.